You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. 2023, we're back asking for a friend. We are back. Talk Talk Season 3. I can't, this is wild, you guys. It is wild. Thank you to people that listen and ask questions and are part of this adventure. (laughs) Indeed. Feels good to be back, though. I like it. It does feel good to be back. Yeah, we've had some changes along the way. Just a few. One being that I'm on another time zone than you guys. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. But hey, yeah. we're still we're still together. That's right. We, we are, are still together managing. So represent a little more representation. You know, that's all we're trying to do. They're you know Taylor and Dr. K representing the West Coast. Me with the East Coast now. So okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So should we dig into the topic for this episode? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think it came up. I think why this came up, but we were kind of talking about different celebrations of some holidays and we were talking about Valentine's Day and expectations. I mean, there are movies about this holiday. I know we're starting with a very fun topic as always, because when there's love, there's chaos. Miscommunication. Definitely I was miscommunication. I was going to follow that. Um, yeah, we're excited to celebrate an upcoming holiday. The Love Day, Valentine's itself. It's something we want to talk about because it comes with a whole host of problems, I think. And sure does. Be. So we hear in songs, talks about a lot of love and someone kind of filling a lot of roles. my first my last my everything my favorite i fill all the blanks uh we see it in movies and when we have someone fill a role sounds like it comes with some expectations indeed mm-hmm. <laughs> i know how do you think we can manage them mm-hmm. well it's a good question because our society places a giant emphasis on these expectations that we place on our partners especially on days like valentine's mm. So in the United States, Valentine's Day is February 14th, and we know that it's celebrated kind of differently all around the world. So we thought we'd start by talking about how some of the other countries that we know celebrate Valentine's Day. So the first one to talk about is Japan. And Japan is an interesting one because on February 14th, chocolates are given to men. And it's not just romantic partners. It's bosses, friends, co-workers. They have two kinds of chocolate, and I have to read this to make sure I get it right. There's Hanmei Choco, which is true love or true feeling chocolate, and that's often given with a handmade gift. And then there's Girl Choco, not Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's Giri Choco, which is for platonic relationships, also known as obligatory chocolate. And this is sometimes given to like a coworker you may not really like that much. You might give them the obligatory chocolate. Burn. So you get a bit of a burn with that. That's my understanding. I'm not Japanese, but I thought it was a pretty interesting custom to read about. That is interesting. South Korea, they they do some things a little different. Maybe they just love more. I don't know. They pick a day 
each month instead of just once a year. So the 14th of each month is their day of love. So February 14th is for boyfriends and husbands. But then March 14th is for, it's called the White Day, which I don't really understand, but it's when women are celebrated with gifts and flowers and chocolate. But then interestingly, the singles get a day on April 14th and it's called the Black Day where they eat black noodles. And then December 14th is the day of hugs. (sighs) Very nice. So you don't want to be in South Korea on April 14th if you're single. Or do you? You're going to have the black noodles. Aren't they delicious? I wonder if they're good. They might be good, though. I think they are. Yeah. I don't know. Awesome. Let's move along down the map to South America. In Argentina, you guys know that they celebrate their Valentines in July, uh, but it lasts actually a whole week, and they call it the Week of Sweetness. Nice. Good weather. to have expectations. (laughs) <laughs> that's right that's another way of looking at it taylor <laughs> yeah a whole week a whole, whole week well in the philippines they celebrate valentine's day with a large local mass wedding where the government pays for it so everyone no matter your economic status you can have a wedding i think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool the local government yeah i looked up some pictures it. of that one that was pretty good Mm. I love what we learned about Taiwan. Similar to the U.S., it's February 14th, but a lot of it revolves around flowers. Flowers are part of what is exchanged, and they're very symbolic. If you got red flowers, that means you're my one and only. And if you got 99 roses, it means I will love you forever. But if you get 108 roses, that means will you marry me? Now, I could see somebody getting 99 and thinking it's 108. Oh, yeah. You're madly counting. It's a lot of roses, right? So nine dozen roses is, will you marry me? Dang. So that's kind of an interesting one. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of flowers. (laughs) That's really a lot of flowers. But I could see you madly counting them. Well, thinking that they're counted a certain way and then going, oh, no. Oh, man, the pressure. All right. Do you know that Ghana government declared February 14th National Chocolate Day? And they did this actually to increase tourism. And part of that is because Ghana is one of the largest cocoa producing countries in the world. Way to capitalize on love. Like it. Right. Yeah. Make it a a government thing. And then (laughs) I like that. So if we move over to Wales... We know that they celebrate a little bit earlier, January 25th, which I know is winter. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But they exchange wooden spoons known as love spoons. And it's called the Day of San Duenwen. I might have said that right. If you're from Wales, maybe you drop us an email and tell me (laughs) how badly I said that. (laughs) So, but it's a long time tradition. I'm since the 16th century exchanging the love spoons. Wow. What do you do? Well, maybe that's why it's in winter. Changing love spoons, be a spoon, you know. I don't know. Just toss Goodness. up. Okay. Well, let's pop over to South Africa. Meredith, I could see you doing this. A younger Taylor would never have done this. If you're feeling bold in South Africa on February 15th, the women will write the name of their crush and then pin it to their sleeve. Oh, there's no mystery. It's just out there for all to see. I would have um, totally done that. I love it. I know you would have. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like you're boldly declaring your crush. Yeah. Like it's all, it's you, you know it. <laughs> they think is rooted in the ancient Roman festival of Lupercalia, which is okay. believed to be the inspiration for today's modern Valentine's Day. Okay. Oh, interesting. So those are the roots. Be mm-hmm. bold and uh, declare your crush. I like that. Nice. So if you think about all the cultural information that we just shared, we're hearing a lot of expectations across lots of cultures. I have one more for you, though. Just okay, want to add go. a last yeah. one. Do you know Mexico does one that celebrates all relationships? So it's it's okay. any relationship 
championship for the February 14th, and they call it El Dia del Amor y Amistad, which is the day of love and friendship. Okay. I, I like that's my favorite one, I think. Yeah, the so it's, you don't have to have a certain kind of relationship to celebrate that one. Yeah, right. Okay. Everyone. I like that. When we're thinking about all the cultures and all of the expectations that are communicated, you model this for kids and they continue these traditions. We heard some of them lasted for, you know, a long time. Sounds like we've got a lot of worldwide expectations going on for that day or whatever the day is in that culture. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we do with them? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the subject of tonight, right? We have Valentine's coming up in just a week, and the big challenge will be to manage those expectations. What is an expectation? If you look to Judy Burgoon and her work on expectancy violation theory, she did a lot of work on this in nonverbal communication. And a, a couple of decades later, now we have that expanded out to all kinds of relationships. So how do expectations about behavior go across all relationships? She defines the expectation as the combination of social norms and included in that is culture and partner information. So if you think one plus the other equals the expectation. So I have sort of what I grew up with, what I think is a known system for what I think is the right thing to do culturally and according to my gender and all these different factors that create those social norms. And then what I know about that person equals my expectation. But not everybody who violates our expectations are always bad, right? We also have what we call the reward valence of that communicator. Reward valence. Reward valence, that's right. It's a tongue twister. Remember valence is plus or minus? You remember that from chemistry, I, Merida? I did not remember that. Oh, I think it was also in my quantitative <laughs> methods class that maybe we I might've... remember that then. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so I'm, she... I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm slowing it down for okay. people like in the back that. like me. Down. <laughs> so you think about what kind of positive or negative flavor that person brings to the interaction. Okay. So let's say you maybe you're interacting in some setting and you have sort of your personal space that you're kind of thinking is what is expected, you know, acceptable. And Judy Burgoon gives this example that if a very attractive, charming person breaks that personal space bubble, you might think it's positive. Mm. So it's not always negative when our expectations are challenged, right? Yeah, right. I like that. Right. But if someone's obnoxious... <laughs> Uh-huh. And not charming, and they break our space bubble, we're going to judge it as negative. Yeah. Right? Obviously, we tolerate when our expectations are broken by people we perceive as charming and attractive or whatever we're defining as the positive thing. And when we have negative outcomes is when we're we're looking at that person as, you know, this is a negative thing. And you being this close to me, in that case, is a negative thing as well. So not really rocket science, but a good breakdown of what expectations are. Now, we want to talk about two important things because this is really interesting related to Valentine's Day. We have the idea that we have expectations, okay, and those could be exceeded or they could be not exceeded. And then we also have just confirmed. You might expect a certain number of roses or, you know, the love chocolate, and you might expect that. And then you get the obligatory chocolate, right? That's going to be a different (laughs) vibe once you get that thing, right? That's a really good way of putting that. Yeah. Right. And so you're getting a different vibe. All of that is related to when it's higher or lower, but then also we have the problem of just confirming. There's sort of this interesting math with it. Is it better to risk positively violating or is it better to just confirm? You think they want this, so you give them that thing, but you're not risking going higher, right, and exceeding the expectations. So it's kind of an interesting challenge. And I hear a lot of people in our culture talk about that. When our expectations are not met, we view it as a violation. And when our expectations are met, it's a confirmation, right? Burgoon breaks down into all this research, and I'm just going to break it down really easily with the flower concept. Let's say you're going into Valentine's and you're thinking, okay, I want to get a certain number of roses, so I only expect red roses, let's say. 
I only expect you to say you're my one and only. We're exclusively dating. So I expect that. But then I get 99 roses. I'm feeling maybe good about that, right? Because mm. it's a positive violation. It was exceeded my expectations, right? Okay. So yeah. that could be a good thing. That Now, we also could have the worst scenario, which we kind of touched on a second ago, which is I'm expecting the 108 and I get 99. Mm. So I might look around and say, where am I missing roses? You can see how the challenge would be to communicate in that setting. And we'll talk about that too. Yeah. yeah. All of the research adds up though, that something is better than nothing in terms of expectations. If you're so far below, you, you don't show up with any flowers, for example, you're going to be in deep trouble. We know that this is common sense. Sure. The question then is, what do you want to shoot for? And what kind of risk is associated with what you're shooting for? And how do you manage that when you have a culture that's really pressing on? It's got to be this big thing. And so that kind of leads us to what do we do about all these expectations? Mm -hmm. Okay. So just to confirm, exceeding the expectation sounds like the win. It's generally perceived well. As long as it's something that you perceive as a positive thing. I will give you an example of a former student of mine who I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but she ex expected her boyfriend to go visit her in Europe and he came with a ring and she said no Ooh. because it was not what she expected and she what didn't want that. Mm. And when she was telling me the story, I said, oh, and then what happened? And she said, I said, no, of course. Because he was supposed to just come over and travel, be a travel buddy. And I was like, wow. And he expected that was what was the, you know, was a good thing to bring an engagement ring. So it's not always so, exceeding, right? It's not always seen as positive. Yeah, it's, it's almost, I, when you were talking earlier, it's almost like that charming thing. At first, you're like, oh, yeah, let's say, like, you know, but sometimes maybe too charming can also be or not too extra. Yeah, it's like too much nope. of a violation. Like a kiss is different than them just coming and standing closely next to you. Well, or even you think about like something way over the top in terms of expense. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. here's a brand new car. I know we our gift limit was a hundred dollars, but and we don't see it as maybe good because we look at it like mm, this shouldn't be happening. Maybe mm -hmm. according to our social norms, affect that. Yeah, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> what do I owe you now? Yeah. Okay. I found this Brene Brown quote, and she says in this article that she writes about expectations, expectations are resentments under construction. I was like, whoa. I feel like I have to unpack that a second. I know. I know. I like need a minute with that. So she says basically like as soon as you put expectations, you're going to end up with resentment if you're going to do that. Now, part of what she talks about is it just has the potential to foster resentment because you often don't talk about those. You don't talk about your expectations. What she's talking about is these things that are unstated. And so she gives this example of going to Disney World and she talks about with her husband asked her and said, what are your expectations, which is something they never do. They don't talk about expectations usually. And she said to sleep late and read three books. And he said, <laughs> we are going to have the worst vacation ever because we're bringing our small children to Disney World. Oh, and so, I remember this. Yeah. Right? So she talked about getting this. more realistic. And he taught him talking about, I'm, I'm guessing now, but is this the vacation for that? Because mm -hmm. I can say on my trips to Disney World or wherever we've gone with little children, sleeping in was never a thing. And you were certainly not getting after three books in a week. That was not, mm -hmm. that's not a thing. No. <laughs> 
So it sounds like talking about them is pretty key. Yeah, and I a, think that's a big one. And a hint towards lowering was, or is is it good to have expectations? Like what? Is it a good or bad thing? You can have them. I think it's really about communicating. I think that's one of the first solutions. If we talk about solutions, I'd say communicating about the expectations, especially in a new relationship. And it doesn't be like, what are you going to get me for Valentine's? I think you can also say, what do you traditionally do for Valentine's? Like, what's. Do we exchange gifts even? Like, some people don't. Yeah. You know, is that even a thing? Yeah. This is a, this is a good one. It's, it's, I'm here. It's funny. I was going to joke, but it's true. It sounds like, and why we're here is that at the bottom of of everything, it's communication. So you're saying we can't like read each other's minds. Yeah. (laughs) Back to that again. Right. Uh huh. I've had some fun conversations with people in my life and uh, where there's a difference. Like I, I have a friend once that explained to me, uh, she dated somebody that wasn't really big on gifts, but, and mm-hmm. she isn't a materialistic person by any means, but thought like, oh, Valentine's is a nice time to exchange gifts. Like that's a sweet yeah. thing to do. And first Valentine's expectation was lowered because th- that conversation wasn't there. It was just like that knowing like, oh, that that's a special thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the constant, it's that miss that you're talking about. It sounds mm-hmm. like. Hmm. Uh, too many times, I think people assume that they know what is going to be acceptable or seen as positive, and mm-hmm. there's no discussion about it. And so it puts everybody in a bad situation as soon as that expectation's violated, because then yeah. we have that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you open up the gift and it's not a diamond engagement ring or mm-hmm. a whatever, fill in the blank. Have and you that had moment, those moments? It's, yeah, that can be You've- tough. And so the first solution is to talk about it and just understand what the other person's really thinking. And some of that can be directly asked, like, what do you traditionally do? Or what do you think would be good for us to do? But I also think one other caution that we've talked about on this podcast that would be important to say here is you don't want to go into it, that conversation thinking, you know what they're going to say, because then you stop listening to what they're actually saying. Mm. And that's where some of the big gaps happen. Mm. You might think, oh, it's got to be this steak dinner. That's what I have in my mind. I, that's exactly what she's saying. And she says, you know, I want to do this fancy dinner. You need to ask, what do you think is fancy? And they might say, well, not a steak dinner. <laughs> and then you just found out that your idea was not what was real. Yeah. Gosh. I would never think, but to ask that in the moment, mm-hmm. fancy dinner, and you're like, okay, I will translate what that means to me right now instead of coming back with, what does fancy mean to you? Well, it's the same thing as if I said we should exchange nice gifts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's Ooh. nice? What's the price limit on that? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah if people can are going to follow it. Can you, yeah, can you do that? Oh, I think you can. I know a lot of cheaters out there that they go, oh, it was the price limit, but I went over. How many gift exchanges have we all been in where we learned that was not $25 that. for sure? I don't like that. When people cheat. <laughs> Taylor, ever see Taylor's that cringing because the rule was twenty five dollars. That's right. No, I'm actually a, a bad violator of that rule. Oh, really? Really? That's like a general. It's like a general around that. Oh my and gosh, like, I'm doing a gift exchange with her. No, <laughs> we're never doing. I get a better gift. It. Yeah. So, did you guys ever see The Office? I, where I, definitely that like episode maybe, where Michael Scott wait, he buys like the iPod, iPod, iPod. or iPod. <laughs> 
Ryan, yes. Yeah, and it's way, way over the gift limit. I love it. I love that show. But then he's upset because no one else got like as good as a gift as right. he did. But he's the violator. Yeah. But he, that's based on his expectation of it coming the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Him thinking that somehow violating it without anyone knowing he's violating it is somehow a good thing. And then he gets mad. But that's that whole episode's basically about expectations. That's so good, the big yes. thing we have to challenge ourselves is not assuming what these terms like gifts that are nice or not something too expensive. What is too expensive? Or not something too personal or not something over the top. All these phrases are used, but not defined. And so the first thing we can do to help ourselves is to say, what are you kind of thinking in terms of Valentine's? And then clarifying words that have little communicative value mm-hmm. and need much more specification. All of those words, though, make me think it's like, well, you should know what that means. It's that that's where all of those. Oh, yeah. Not that, not that I feel that way, but that I can see where all of those kind of conflicts can come in between people. It's like, well, you should know what I meant by fancy. You should know what I meant by a nice gift. And a nice gift isn't $20. Oh, yeah. But why? Why is that a thing that we can't talk about something, especially like this kind of holiday why is it unromantic or not fun to talk about exactly what all of that means to you? I don't I understand. Don't know. You're old and I, married. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel the way you do about that. No, I think, at least from the people that I interact with who are more in the dating stage, what I hear is they don't want to take the mystery out of it. They don't want to take the, the surprise or the... Oh, jeez. All those feels that Have you get with your when... broken expectations then yeah <laughs> no, i mean isn't that kind of the balance though you still want to have the magic and the mystery and you know it's sort of See, like the people on holidays that give you a gift list and they only want something off their gift list then you yeah. never there's no surprises yeah that's yeah. sure so what you're talking about that mystery reminds me of Esther perel and she talks about in history relationships have evolved like this over time because we're looking for different things like she said there was once the reason for partnership was production like mm-hmm. you know all of these things and now it's like this, she calls it a service economy and then she talks about like are you looking for a love story or a life story you know, oh, like boy. different things come into play in both those things. And I like how she explains there's, there's different ingredients in a love story versus a life story. Hmm. So I, I don't know. You have to kind of dive a little bit more into, into her stuff, but it's, it, it totally fascinates me. She's, she doesn't like master classes and stuff. Right. But, we can put it in the show notes for sure. She, yeah, if I neat. remember correctly, that's sort of why we chose this topic to start with was having one person fill a bunch of different roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are she, we going to talk does, about that? Yeah. I'll t- touch really quickly. One more thing. Um, we're once in relationships, we've looked for like security and stability. Now we look for mystery, but we also want autonomy, but we also want, um, you want <laughs> stability like and romance, but there's so many things. And she, yeah, she, the, yeah. my favorite thing she talks about is where once we looked for a village of resources, we now want one person to fill a village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and unfair. those expectations, yeah, it's just they're they're super heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is tough. Do I expect my partner to be everything to me? My counselor, my helper, my lover, my educator, my part you know partner, yeah, whatever, co-parent, friend, all the things. I always co-parent, yeah. best friend. Be my best friend. I'm like, have four friends. What? Why? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, there is so, friendship I mean, in partnership, not saying that. But I think the idea of everything really lines up nicely with the idea of expectations, because if we see that person as their everything, then you need to somehow know all of my expectations without us talking about it, because you're my everything. So mm. if you're my everything. You should know all the things. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about a second plan besides communicating, which mm. is lowering your expectations. What if we did that? If we have lower expectations, there's more range for us to have positive oh, yeah. relations, right? Oh, you surprised me. It was a nicer dinner or a more fun activity or whatever. So again, I'm, we're back to lowering expectations, right? Traveling. Anytime I've had an expectation of how a trip will go, always disappointed. <laughs> and when I have no, I'm like, oh, I don't know what we're doing, but it'll be fun. It's always the best time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wrestle with this one a little bit. What's on your mind? I, like, I, I get what you're saying about, like, if you have lower expectations and someone does something nice, then it's just like, oh, I, you know, that was sweet. But I think, I don't know. There's also just like a base expectation of kindness that I expect mm -hmm. in a relationship. And I don't want to lower that. Like there's certain, there's certain things maybe I could be like, okay, for me personally, like gifts, I, I don't really have any expectations for gifts for mm -hmm. much holidays. Cause I don't know, I'll ask for it on Tuesday or like get it myself or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so if I, when I'm, when I'm given something like one year, Tommy got me, uh, this Nespresso coffee machine This is the greatest gift ever. I was like not expecting it. It was great. Right. Like, there's, there's this way you weren't expecting it. So you had lower expectations. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Best in the subject ever, of, did I just hear that? It was the best gift. Uh, best the gift, gift ever. Keeps, I love coffee. It keeps on giving. But, but I'm worried for him this holiday because you, he's already given the best gift ever, so he can't give it again. <laughs> okay. No, I don't know. I have to compartmentalize where I'm going to lower my expectations, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Gifts, I can lower them. Fine, fine. No problem. Just being a little bit sweet on Valentine's, like for a second, if it was just like a totally got to go to work, see you later, see you at five, what's for dinner? Well, not that he even acts like that ever, but... If there was that exchange, he's, if he listens to this, he's like, whoa, no. Um, <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah. Even just like, oh, happy Valentine's. Even just that, like some warmth. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like take that away. I don't want to have like no expectations of, of that. And I'm not even a real Valentine's type of person. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So you want to hang in there with the little, but you don't have to just have a little. high. You could have them be moderate to low. Yeah. You talked a minute ago about the things that we say. This is where I would say a third strategy besides communicating openly about the expectations and then lowering the expectations, don't create additional damage. Okay, so let's think about what that is. So you okay. open up a gift that's not as nice as you wanted. You have a dinner that's not as flavorful as you wished. You got a lovely gift that wasn't as expensive as you wanted. And instead of just going with it, because you already have a problem, you know, you have the feelings, residual feelings of being disappointed, which will say the word, mm -hmm. you're disappointed. And unfortunately, and I know this personally because I might have done it, or friends of mine might have done this, <laughs> and that is to say things like, how come you don't know what to get me on Valentine's Day? Oh. Or how did you think this would be something I would like? Or what did you think I would like about this restaurant? Rude? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is rude. And the, the comment I would make is you already have the disappointment. And now you have a new conflict, honestly. 
Because you have the, the disappointment and how we kind of got it wrong. And then that's kind of not great for the Valentine's vibe. And then now we have things that were said. Is it better to say something than to hold it in? Because then you have that whole rumination. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I don't communicate. I think it's the and- delivery that we're trying to get at right <laughs> okay, now. Right. Okay. So you're saying you think all those things and don't say them. And you're saying, is that better? Well, I'm or better saying, to get them out? I don't know. I mean, I guess you should always communicate kindly. But is it better to hold that in? I think those phrases and those delivery, yeah. Not the okay. feeling, but, but the, it, the it's delivery. It's okay to say yes. I'm disappointed. I, I thought this and I didn't, that didn't happen. Yeah. Can you, can you say that only if you communicated clearly? I don't think clarity is your problem there. <laughs> I don't think clarity is the issue. I think it's all about the nuance that goes with that clarity. Because I think if you say, well, I had an expectation that was high and you didn't deliver on it. You know, that's very clear, but it's pretty mm-hmm. harsh. Yeah, is I mean, I don't like that, but is that not okay to do in intimate relationship? I told you what fancy meant to me. Yeah. I defined fancy and fancy was Thai food and you brought me to fast food pasta or fast food. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can communicate it, but I think the problem is that you're right. And that also means you're going to have to soften it because Taylor and I asked you about what's nice and you said it's Thai. It's my favorite Thai place. And then they take you not to your favorite Thai place, which you kind of said, that's what's nice. That's where yeah. I want to go. But I would say that you jointly have a problem because somewhere in that, a decision was made not to go to the Thai place. Mm-hmm. And whether that's couldn't get a reservation, could be the missing piece of information, okay. or doesn't really like that place. So thought, nah, I don't want to do it. Or wasn't listening. when. And this happens where people will ask a clarifying question and not hang around for the answer. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like everyone needs to be communicating more. With care. Which episode is that where he says, ask two more questions than you thought was needed? <laughs> I say uh, that a lot. one of my favorites. Yes, I say that a lot. That's very common. I would ask more questions and say less declarative things. Sorry. I wouldn't go out and say, oh, so what were you, what was, what crazy thing was on what your you mind thinking? to book this restaurant? <laughs> Right. Don't you talk about that somewhere? You've talked about before, like don't ask questions you already know the answers to. Yeah. Like that's what, why are you asking? But also don't ask a question you have assumed an answer to, right? That was neutral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's true. Yeah. But let's talk about the bigger math going on here. That's more important because it is Valentine's day and Mm -hmm. that's the day of love. Right. So we would also consider as we're constructing the messages to think about the overall relational goals. And if you if your goal is to stay in that relationship, you would want to modify how you said things. Mm. I know that's really like think before you speak. And if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. But it kind of <laughs> is that. Okay. Maybe get back to the whole purpose of the whole holiday. Yeah. The whole idea. I got to tell you guys something that it happens in my work as a mediator. Mm-hmm. So I do civil harassment cases, but we have a significant uptick about two to three weeks after Valentine's Day in cases. We have a whole bunch more that, that come to us. And it's happened every year I've been a mediator. Now, What's you wouldn't think on? that. Like, you'd think on the day of love that we all got along and that things went well. But there's a lot of things that went wrong on Valentine's Day. And I think it's a lot because of expectations, honestly. Wow. Yikes. So we get a lot more cases. Sometimes they'll even call us mediators and ask if we can come down and handle the overflow of cases. Which you wouldn't think that, right? Wow. Dang. People should be nice to each other. People should be. 
We haven't even said happy Valentine's Day to each other or to people listening. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, everyone. At the end of the, the decision making that you have in terms of communication, so you're, you're going to talk about the expectations, you're going to lower your expectations, and you're not going to add collateral damage by saying extra m- mean things or harsh things. At the end of the day, your relational goals should be making the decision more than anything else. Cheers to that. Yes. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.